do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 430. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to talk about an interview that we observed on Super Soul Sunday, is that what it was? Yeah, I think it actually started as a Facebook Live, but it's now a Super Soul Sunday podcast, and it was, you know, with Oprah. Um, with Amy Schumer and Oprah. And then I'm going to have a few things if we get to it. But I'll tell you what it's about. It's about speaking your truth. Okay. I think you're going to like it. It's a quick clip. You get, you're getting nervous. No. And by the way, the first question Sweetie asked me as we entered the studio is how... How are your showers going? <laughs> Why would you say something like that? Um, because you've been wearing the same sweatshirt for like That's two not days. True, I wore the I wore the rainbow sweatshirt yesterday. That's right, you did. My fave. That's right. Um, and, and I had to give that up because Skylar was sad last night, so I gave her my sweatshirt to sleep with. Oh, that's good. So now I'm wearing my white sock sweatshirt. Is that a problem? No, it's fine. There's problem was never the question. It was just I was just wondering how your showers were going. <laughs> I don't know if you're being, you're fully disclosing everything that I you're am. concerned you're, about. Well, your hair is a little nutty. You're just a little nutty. I, I love you this way. Sweetie, you're sometimes fine. you feel like a nut. And sometimes you don't. Almond <laughs> Joy's got nuts. I don't, and mounds don't, but That's I don't right. like either. There you I. I like the one without coconut, whichever one that is. Although I do like coconut water now. Almond Joy. Let's see. Almond Joy has the almonds. I think they both have coconut. Oh, well, that's a problem. No wonder nobody eats those things. I know. I like coconut water. Just those. don't put it with my candy bar. What are they thinking? Well, have you ever had the Girl Scout cookies called, um, what are they called? JC always gets them, some, some, something. Anyway, they have like crunchy coconut on them. And they're really good. So not all co- coconuts bad. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy got nuts. Mounds don't. Almond Joy's got rich good chocolate. Coconut and orange nuts too. All right, quality. How'd you bad. get that so fast? Because I'm awesome. That's awesome looks- producer. Even though our last, uh, we've done a few interviews with people. And we were working on our studio because there's a little bit of an echo, and I'm trying to yeah, address that. I, I so. just think I don't sound good during our interviews. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but real quickly, a few things I do want to promote. Oh, I didn't even run this by you. Can we do that Team Zen promo I was thinking about? Uh, I don't know what it is, but... So here's the deal. We have two Zen Talks, and it's a subscription-based uh, thing where you pay 25 bucks and you're part of this team, and you get a Facebook community, and you get these question-and-answer virtual talks with Kathy and I, among many other things. And we're going to do a promotion in May. Okay. So here's what you do. Go to our website. If you want to like just check out our Zen Talks or check out what it means to be on Team Zen, go to our webpage, zenparentingradio.com, and then on the right-hand side, it says, uh, you know, go to... What is Team Zen? Uh-huh. And if you want to try it, check out and then type in the coupon code MAY, like as in the month of May, M-A-Y, and you'll basically get um, a free month of these two parts of Zen uh, Team Zen, not all the parts, but the two parts are you're going to be invited to get on the Zen Talks, which are on May 4th. Okay. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, that's Friday. Yeah, this Friday and May 18th. And then you'll also get access to our Facebook uh, community just for one month, just to give you a try. 
you know, this is a good idea because I get a lot of emails from people who are interested, but they don't want to commit. Mm -hmm. So this is a good way to do it. But these people who are just trying it, they won't have access to everything. They will not have access to everything before. They're only going to get the links to our live Zen talks and they're going to get access to our uh, community, our Facebook community. Because when you actually join Team Zen and you're a subscriber, you get access to every single Zen talk we've had, which are just like other podcasts. That's... Which, may, which may mean you get inundated with Todd and Kathy stuff. <laughs> yeah, you probably won't listen to it all at once. But then you also get um, access to, you You get to log in on our website. Everything is half off. It's kind of cool. It's considering that I'm right now drinking coffee out of a Zen Parenting Radio mug. Sweetie, don't promote that yet because Brad hasn't put it on our website oh, yet. Oh, well, but we can just kind of talk about it. It's a it. preview. Okay, so It's not on our Zen story yet. But why is it a good mug? Because it's huge. I know. And it's green. I've been eating ice cream out of it and not drinking coffee because I don't understand what the world's addiction to coffee is because coffee tastes bad. Oh, not to me. Or most other human beings. I know. Um, and then one quick promo for my good friend, Craig Dooley, who runs The Well. Uh-huh. Um, they're inviting a woman who we know, Therese Rowley. Yes, she was at our first conference. Um, so go to um, thewellnorthshore.com to check it out. But she is teaching something called The Unconventional Genius of Today's Youth. And mm. it's on May 9th at 7 p.m. So thewellnorthshore.com, check it out. So are we ready for Amy Schumer? Um, we should well, actually no. Okay. I wanted to oh. say something. I last Saturday, so what is today Monday? I was um, I was asked to keynote a summit in Colorado. Um, it was called the Mountain Mama Summit in Salida, Colorado, which is a beautiful town. Take me home. No, that's Country Roads. You're, to a place. You, you want to sing Rocky Mountain High. Oh, Rocky Mountain High. Um, but I just wanted to say to the ladies who were there, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And it was such a pleasure to be able to be in your community, as I've mentioned to you so many times. It's just so interesting. Like I, I said to them, I, I flew into Denver and saw one of my best friends from college um, in Denver. And then I drove to Salida, and it's about two and a half hours. And man, it's just open space and mountains. Mm-hmm. And I just had, that's just not my world. No, your world is cornfields, man. Well, my world is cornfields, but my world is also Chicago. Right. And Chicago, my world is also suburbs. If it's not Chicago, it's cornfields. Right. 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 It's one or the other. And so to like have that that drive. Um, Did you enjoy the drive? Oh my gosh. Yes. I loved it. The fact that it was about two and a half, three hours and I don't even, that's a pretty long time. That's like from here to Galena for us, which feels like a long time when we do it. Sure. But it was Lovely. Yeah. It was just open, and I listened to um, Esther Perel's entire um, season two, or at least so far, of her podcast called Where Shall We Begin? So I listened to that, and I just looked out, and it was just really lovely. So, But that was my experience. I The Mountain Mama Summit um, is amazing, and I love to see what people are doing in their communities mm-hmm. as far as bringing mothers together and talking about things that matter, like mindfulness and self-awareness and self-care and just you know creating a sense of belonging for people. And so they have other people they can talk with and resources. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you uh, specifically to, to Cassandra and to Emily and to all of the um, people that I met. So... Thank so you. you were the keynote of the summit. I was. So what if there's another mom or dad out there that wants you to come speak at their keynote? Well, I mean, it just depends on what it is and where it is and what time, w- and what time it is. Like the thing is, is I, as I keep saying, and 
I know Ted drives Tab crazy because it's like pushing away business, but I really don't love to travel for work. But sometimes things work out. Like this worked out. Like I got to go see Hutch you in Denver. You on Friday, you came home Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, it was not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and But it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. And so my point is, is of course, reach out to us if you ever want us to come to where you are. I, I, if it works, great. Yeah. No, no sense in not asking. Right. That's kind of the point. Do you want to set up Amy Schumer or no? So, okay, yes. So two things. Todd and I, uh, last week sometime, um, we sat down and watched uh, an interview between Oprah and Amy Schumer. It was actually recorded Facebook Live, but I um, found it and was able to get it up on our big TV. Yeah. Okay. So, and I was very thankful to watch this interview because... um, our 15 year old daughter actually came in the room and watched it with us. Thank, and the gist of the, sorry. Thank go goodness. Ahead. Yes. I'm just so glad. And we didn't say, Hey, come sit down and watch this important interview. She just kind of organically sat down with yeah, us. Yeah, she did. So the gist of the interview is really about, um, Amy's movie called I feel pretty, which came out a week ago and Todd and I saw it on Sunday. We wanted to see the movie before we talked to you guys about it. And the premise of the movie is about her wanting to be, beautiful, whatever that definition means, um, and how she actually hits her head and then looks in the mirror and believes herself to be beautiful. And then prior to that experience, she had been not confident at all. But once she believed herself to be beautiful, and mind you, nothing changes. She looks exactly the same as she did before. She literally makes all of her dreams come true. Mm -hmm. She's so confident in herself that she goes out there and does what she needs to do. So obviously... The premise of the movie is everything you need is already inside of you. It's not your external, even though we're led to believe this, especially as women, um, and even more so because of social networking and how everything is about a picture and a photo, and they they talk about that in the movie, um, that everything is about first sight. You know, it's like, what do you look like? Okay, I'm not interested. Goodbye. And the vice versa, that beautiful women are hounded often, not because of who they are, but because of just of what they look like, right. you know? So, but this interview got much deeper, even though they talked about the movie and they had laughs about it and they talked about the premise, they actually took the movie or took the interview to a lot of really interesting places. Sure. And Todd and I were really... Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so this first clip uh, you have titled, Trust Your Intention. So this is Amy talking to Oprah often been asked about does it feel weighted is it heavy no because when you're just being yourself it just is right yeah there's no fear right uh, because you really really trust your intentions and and your potential which is sort of with this movie that's what I that's what I want and I think that's what all, all we both want for women is for them to get out of their own way and and have the tools to live up to their full potential not let anything hold them back like how they feel they look or some flaw that they perceive in themselves. When's the first time you actually said to yourself, I feel pretty? Um, probably as a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just as a toddler. I, I did, I did feel pretty and, and great and really confident as a little girl. My parents just drilled it into my head that I was special. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I bought it. And by the time I realized that I didn't, you know, look like somebody who would wind up um, in in magazines that we have gotten used to, yeah, it was kind of too late. The brainwashing had already. You are all right. Yeah, 
So the two major points in that that I appreciated was, number one, they were talking about the responsibility that they each feel for being women who are observed, you know, women who are in the media, one, you know, Amy being an actress and a comedian and Oprah having the job that she has, um, being Oprah. And they were talking about how people always ask them, like, don't you feel a responsibility? And what I loved about that is I, I just personally, Todd, in our small platform that we have, I related to what they said about if your intention is good yeah. and if you're just being yourself, you don't really worry about it mm-hmm. because you're in, you know, like how it lands, as long as you're being, you know, you and I are pretty thoughtful about how things land, but you can't really control everything. But if your intention is I want to do good things. I want to say things that make people feel like they belong and that they include. And I know who I am and why, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's not coming from a place of arrogance or ego. It's coming from a place of joy. Then you don't feel the heavy weight of responsibility. Right. But I feel like if people go out in the world and they're like, okay, what do people, what can I do to make people think this? And what can I do to make people do this? If they're doing things from a more contrived standpoint, like how do I create a business? How do I make people like me? How do I, um, and this can be any work. I'm not just talking about podcasting, but then you do feel more heaviness about what you're doing because you don't really know why you're doing it, how, you know, what your intention is. Maybe your intention is just to be famous or make money or something. And there is more of a concern about how things land. So I have have kind of a different take or maybe question to you. Um, she talked about being a little girl, feeling pretty. Right. And that's okay. the next thing that they talk about. Oh, I well, kind of divided talk- it up in two. Well, they just talked about it here. So can I ask a question about it? Oh, sure. It? I thought you were going to ask me a question about intention. No. Okay. Um, I think most kids, when they're born zero to four or zero to six, whatever uh-huh. number, they're hopefully showered with love, uh, taught to feel pretty and smart and funny and creative and everything. How do you think parents can navigate trying to continue to cultivate that feeling of specialness without having the kids get full of themselves? Well, I think that there is a natural, appropriate developmental phase where you do start to look outside of yourself to recognize how do I compare? Correct. And that's just a part of assimilating, is that the right word, of of becoming part of the whole. Mm -hmm. I think when you're very little brain development wise, you really do believe yourself to be the center of the world. And so everything you do and everything you are feels, you know, relatively speaking, feels good and you trust who you are. But then there's a point around the age that, you know, they were talking about that we know well as two, which is like fourth grade, fifth grade, maybe even third, you know, sixth, that whole like pre-adolescence where you do start to look outside of yourself and you say, how do I belong in this? How do, where do I belong in this where bigger picture? Fit? So in answer to your question, I think there's some pieces that we can't do a thing about, nor should we, because a, a child, development. right. A child has to learn how to become part of the whole. Yeah. We don't get to all grow up and be like, just me, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm special. Well, this is weird, but I remember like being on my block, I was like, you know, little boys or girls that would have races. Who's the fastest? Right. And I remember on my block when I was like, whatever, six years old, I was the fastest yeah. one in my age group. And then all of a sudden I got to whatever, second grade. And I realized that there was like five kids that were a lot faster than me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, maybe maybe I'm not as good as I used to think I was. Right. It's almost like, you know, you visualize a child's world is very small. And yeah. then the more experiences they have, the more it expands and the more loss of control you feel. Yeah. Because when you're little and you're like, I'm the best artist, 
I am the most important in this family. I am fastest on my block. Mm -hmm. Your world is small and you're like, I got it. And then as your world expands, you're like, oh gosh, Mm -hmm. there's other people, there's other things, there's things I can't do. And we haven't even added in what education tells these kids, the experiences they have in with coaches, and they could be positive or negative, yeah. but you know we hear both. Um, and so, so part of it, I don't think I think that there's a natural development in there. As far as parents, one of the things that I like that she says, and again, people get really uncomfortable with the word special, yeah, because a lot of people, you know, there there was that famous um, graduation speech. That, that I can't remember who it was, but that guy made about how we got to k- quit telling our children that they're special right. because it's causing all these problems. Yeah. I really want to differentiate what special meaning better than other people yeah. and special meaning you are important this just important. because you are. Right. Because when we teach children that the way that they're special is by winning everything, by being better, by being number one, and by playing king of the hill, they can never sustain that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually going to cause a sense of... Um, their self-esteem is probably going to be low yeah. because they're constantly going to be trying to... They they don't think they're good enough unless, unless they're the best. The specialness that I think Amy Schumer is referring to, because she talks about her life and it wasn't perfect and she had challenges, so there's no way that, you know, I, I think what she's referring to is you are important. Mm-hmm. We need you in the world. Yeah. What you have to say is valuable. We honor who you are. Now go out there and you're going to get your butt kicked, yep. but just know that we've got your back. Yeah. That's the kind of specialness she's talking about and and or that I believe she's talking about. And she even says, you know, by the time that people started telling me you're not good enough, I was already brainwashed into thinking I am. Right. She, they actually, the next clip, which you don't need to play, but she says, you know, that people are telling her she wasn't pretty enough. And she's like, well, I think you're wrong because my mom tells me I'm gorgeous. Right. And again, we can say, oh, no, you're not gorgeous to society standards. Meaning what they believe well, gorgeousness. It's kind of like a paradox, and and then I want to run to the other clip, yes. other because you got five of them, and I want to make sure. And we get them if rolling. we don't get to all of them, it's okay. But it is the uh, once again the paradox. Like if you look at the bell shaped curve, whether it's on beauty or in, in intellect or creativity or whatever, most most people are going to be in the in the middle. In the middle, yeah. So how is it possible that each one of our kids are special, yet at the same time we know the statistics is most kids lean towards the middle of everything. And what is beautiful, this is, I've said on this show a lot about how one thing I'm not super interested in is fashion and trends. Sure. Even though I occasionally wear trends, I've, it's not about it's bad. Mm. It's about the, the idea that other people get to decide what's beautiful for us. And let me give you a specific. For those of you who are my age, you've watched all the people who have been told, who have been the person or the people or the look. You know, we went from, you know, seeing women who were somewhat full bodied, mm-hmm. let's say way back, let's say Marilyn Monroe, yeah. as being beautiful. And then we all went through, like in our 20s, you know, that Kate Moss, who was like a total waif, mm-hmm. was that beautiful. What does beautiful? a waif mean? Like so thin Small. that it yeah. almost looks like they're starving. Yes. And then that became what's beautiful. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Jennifer Lopez yeah. shows up and it's more like a full bodied again, you know, mm. the focus is on the, the butt right. and the focus is on the hips. And and then all of a sudden, and Kim Kardashian, same thing. So the idea of what beauty is changes depending on, so what is, so this- So depending on what time period you happen yes, to be born in, yes. you either do or don't fit into what is the trend. Exactly. Which and is pretty sad. It is. And that's my point about how we're chasing a ghost. We're chasing something we can't control. control nor be, should we. Nor should we. And we're allowing other people to say, this is right, this is wrong, when all of it has been right and wrong yeah. at some point. And 
that's where you have to stop looking outside of yourself to say, I need to look this way because society tells me I do because two years later, the thing that you like, you know, you started getting injections for something and then they're like, oh, now it's injection free. Sure. You know, so you can't keep up. Yeah. And why would you want to? Because you're just focusing. So my point is, is that we have, society has this game where they tell us how we should look. But if we understand that who we are is valuable and what we have to offer is valuable and the way that we appear. And one of the things about this movie that is so important and one of the things that um, the movie is called I Feel Pretty and one of the things that's so important to understand about people is that there are people who are attractive simply because of the way they carry themselves. And we all know those people, right? Mm -hmm. So it really isn't, and it's not as if they're unattractive in other ways, but we don't even think about it. We're just like, man, they are confident. And so you're attracted to them. Everything about them is visually appealing. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and I told you a story about a guy that I went to school with who, you know, wasn't necessarily the most attractive looking guy in reference to what the other girls thought right. were the most attractive guys in the house. But this guy had a lot of girlfriends. I know. Well, because, and I know who you're talking about. Because yeah. he was very confident. Yes. And the way he carried himself. Yeah. And that's the thing is that we... So can God... Can, and, and this movie, um, I Feel Pretty, uh-huh. exemplifies that exact, right. kind of what you were just saying. So. Absolutely. How when she is feeling confident when she is in that stage in the movie where she feels so full of herself in a good way, like yeah. I feel full about who I am. Um, everybody's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like it, actually this guy she meets actually says to you, can I be you when mm-hmm. I grow up? Right. Like all of us are so hard on ourselves, no matter who we are. And the, the point they make in the movie too, is the people who, who everybody assumes is admired yeah. and that has it all are just as insecure. Right. And we know that. Oh yeah. You know, even though it doesn't appear that way from the outside, the minute you get the chance to know that person, that really smart person, that really attractive person, you realize that they got as much, if not more, insecurities as the rest of us. Sometimes for sadder reasons, because they don't know if anything's real, right. because everyone's attracted to them just because of their outside, right. and or if someone's wealthy, people want to be friends with them because like of their money. The kids, and then we, and then we'll go to the next clip. Kind of like the kid, I, I was. Not a total nerd in high school, although I did play D and D throughout in my high basement. school. So, I guess some people be like, "Dude, trust me, you were a nerd." He's, they're like, "Yeah, um, they think." So I was somewhere in the middle. Of the, I guess the popularity thing, and I just think of like, um, you know, cool kids in high school turn out to be really challenged um, in as adults because things came so easy to them. Whether it's because they were athletic. I'm thinking of very specific people okay, or thinking. like, or even like Bill Gates, like, you know, Bill Gates commencement is like, be nice to a nerd. You might be working for one of them one day, right. that type of stuff. Right. Because I think that there's times when, you know, I, like I said, I'm thinking of specific people in my grade school that everything came so easy to them. Right. And then it's time to earn your, like you didn't, God gave you athletic talent or got, you know, I'm thinking, I'm talking in boy language here, or God gave you good looks or, you know, a body that, uh, that is attracted by the other, the opposite sex. Um, but then when you get in your twenties, like that kind of, I don't want to say it goes away, but you got to work harder. Well, there's more people. Yeah. I mean, because I would say there are times in my life that things came very easy and I, and it's not like my life went off the rails, but then you get into situations where you're like, okay, that was easy, but this is not, you know, like going from high school to college for me was like a huge wake up call because you're like, oh, things are good. Things are pretty easy for me. And then I'm like, okay, 
I don't know any, I don't know this culture at all. Right. And it was very focused on right. what people look like. Yeah. And so it's funny because there's a point in the interview it's not a point that we were going to pull up here, but where Amy Schumer talks about that specifically. As I was watching this interview, I was talking to the screen and I kept saying to Todd, I want a chair so I can be in that circle with them. Well, there's a lot of similarities between the three of you. Yes. Well, just all the things they were saying, you know, they talked about being an introvert. And then even when Amy says high school was great, like, because everybody knows who you are. You know, when you grow up in a community, you've proven yourself. And, and when, it's not that your goal is to prove yourself, but they know who you are. And so you are things are easy because you don't have to prove yourself over and over again. This is just who you are. Right. And you show up and you do your thing and everyone knows, you yeah. know, they trust you. Then you go to college. Starting over. And you are so starting over. And she talks about that, how you look around and you're like, wow, there's a lot of beautiful people here. I This is not, like appearance wise, I'm going to just blend in. Mm -hmm. And then you have to like prove yourself again. And and then you and then I moved to Chicago and you do it again. This is life. Yeah. And it's not all about appearance, but that can be sometimes people's first um, impression of you. So right. you. I'm sorry. So they're either like impressed and they want to get to know you or you're, it's, you know, you're, you're not as, uh, interesting because of those surfacey things. You don't, we don't have to get through all I know, these. but they're good. Okay. Go uh, ahead. this one's about emotional labor. Yes, this is good. With uh, Laura back to two, you write about this, this thing of women always having to exert this emotional energy, being right. the ones to make everything okay. Mm -hmm. Trying to be likable. And yes. Another, uh, another reporter was interviewing you once and asked this question about emotional labor. Are you the one who has to do all the emotional oh. labor yeah. in the relation? Which is true. And then you, you wrote about it. Yeah. I, I think people don't understand like what it, I have the hardest time in the world with small talk. I can't do it. Especially I when you're, are you can't. like that? Right. When, especially when you're traveling so much. It tires me. It, I, it, I can't do it. I, I, they say, how was the flight? And I'm like, it went up, <laughs> came down. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, the weather. I'm here for 12 hours. It's just, and all they, they're just having a nice interaction. People do it all day, and some people really love it, and I just, I don't have the capacity for it. I'd rather somebody say I'm getting a divorce. I'd say, oh, tell me about it. Yes. <laughs> right? I can get into it, into but that. I can't. Yeah, but I, I just. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, is, isn't that the truth? I mean, I can relate to that 100%. I don't know if, um, you know, all of you can, but, you know, first of all, I just love that they, they drop the words emotional labor because yeah. we've talked about that so much on this show and our friend Gemma Hartley actually just completed a book about emotional labor that will be coming out sometime soon. And it's about this idea of that women are often asked um, in the home or wherever they are to carry the weight of the everybody else. Yeah. The, the caring, yeah. like we actually did a, uh, a free Zen talk last week about emotional labor. And I loved the language of women are in charge of the caring. And, and the thing is, is a lot of times when we discuss what that looks like with our partners, if it be a man, if our partners are a man and we explain, wow, we're carrying all this energy and we're caring so much about the house. And then oftentimes a man will say, well, stop doing that. Right. But they're missing the point of how important the caring is. Well, it's almost like a priority thing. Like, no, we have to do this because this is what we, this is the house that I want to right. co-create with you, which is a safe place for our kids to be heard and validated and express themselves, both not just the quote unquote positive aspects of things, but also the negative, like the sadness, the frustration, the anger, like and the only way to do that is to 
practice this and to exert some emotional labor right. like to exert some some understanding of why that's important and where sometimes you can be standing there hugging someone for 10 minutes and you'll feel like, well, okay, let's move on to the next thing. But that hug is what's most important or getting up in the morning with your children is most important or driving them somewhere is most important being around and it's often invisible work. However, there are boundaries to that one. Yesterday, I have one of my kids was just, she was just grumpy, having <laughs> a bad day. Okay. And I'm like, what can I do to help you? And she's like, nothing, you know, mer, 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 mer. <laughs> I'm like, uh, she's like, give me a hug. So I gave her a hug oh. and I sat on the couch and I was hugging her and hugging her. And then I'm like, I really kind of want to go do something else right. in my mind. Because you've been there for about 40 My minutes. internal dialogue, or well, even before that, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit with her. So like she laid on my lap, I rubbed her head. And then there was my Kindle was right next to me. So I'm like, all right, because this went on for like 30 minutes. Okay. And it was a Sunday afternoon. It was kind of a lazy day anyways. So my Kindle was next to me and I started reading it while I was letting her put her head on my lap and just kind of chill out. And she like kind of pushed my Kindle down as if that's She's not- like, focus on me. Focus on me. And I'm like, you know what, kid? No, this is my internal dialogue. I'm like, actually what I said is, no, I, I'm going to- you can lay here with me. I'm going to read, mm -hmm. but you do not have permission to tell me to put this down. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say it. I said it, I think, with kindness. Did you say you don't have permission? I was didn't it say scolding? you don't have permission, but like, no, daddy's reading a book. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you are much more like yeah, yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, no, I didn't say you don't have permission, but I'm like, you know what? Lay here with me, but I'm going to read the book. Yes. You know? Yes. So anyways, there's boundaries to that too, because our kids sometimes will squeeze so much out of us to the point where, because if I would have done what she wanted to do, I would have gotten pissed. Yeah. And I didn't want to get pissed. I am fine with her laying on the couch with me as long as, you know, but after a certain time, I'm like, I'm going to read my book while she's doing this. So. Well, you know, I always think about trees when I, when I hear, when, when I get into this kind of discussion, it's why... Sometimes writing can be limiting for me, and it's why doing a one-hour presentation can be limiting. It's part of the reason I love doing this podcast week after week is because we can explain all the subtleties of the things we talk about. Because what I'm saying is that, yes, it is important to be around. It, the emotional labor is essential. Having your children feel like they belong is so important. But like Todd said, there is a flow, and that's why I think about trees, because mm -hmm. they're kind of like, they're really strong and steady on yep. something, but they flow right. with something, meaning that we can feel in our bodies when it goes from, I am offering you my heart, to you are not allowing me my freedom. Yes. <laughs> there is a there is a point where we're like, this isn't working right. for me anymore. Right. There is like this middle place and it's a sweet spot and we don't always hit it. Right. A lot of times we're like around it. Um, but there is no perfection in this because I'm the same way. Like I, I like to go in and say goodnight to the girls and sometimes they, they know, okay, the two ways my girls know how to keep me around is number one, they'll comb my hair mm -hmm. or number two, they'll pull out Snapchat and start <laughs> doing the filters with me and I just have to play. Sweetie, they get your Achilles heel. They do, man, because I'll stay. But when they don't pull those two things out, um, I'm like, I'm going to bed. I'm done. Like I come in to say goodnight, give them a hug, end the day on that kind of note um, and then I'm done. Now, it, what's interesting is, again, you guys know my girls are uh, 15, 14, and 10, so I can really say I'm done. Yeah. I know those of you who have littles. Yeah, I, you can't. It's so much yeah. more difficult. Different I've had, language, different energy. I've had so many questions just in the presentations I've done in the last week about what do I do when my four-year-old won't let me leave the room? It's a totally different world. It, it, But it doesn't mean that 
you're stuck. Yeah. I mean, it's just their emotional response is going to be different yeah. and the practice is going to be different. And, you know, you, and might, you might have to give more to a four-year-old yes. than a 15-year-old. Yes. There's a little more energy to right. be exerted, uh, a little more creativity and how to get out. Um, but at the same time, I just, um, uh, I don't know where we were going with that. Can I play the next clip? Oh, yes. You catch me in a moment where I don't know what I'm saying. Yes, yes it's good. So this is kind of heavy because your your uh, phrase that you put for this clip is Amy being abused, what it's really like. Yes, I, this is very important. So, but everything's appropriate for the listeners. I think so. Okay, here we go. Really ab abuse. Yeah, yeah. I got hurt by accident a lot. Yeah. It was that. Oh. It was, he didn't realize how hard he grabbed me or shook me or pushed me. Yeah. And I would fall and hit something and then I'd be hurt. And it would yeah. be like, well, he didn't mean for me to hit that thing. He just thought he was pushing me. Um, that happened to me in my 20s where he'd slam the door in my hand or I'd accidentally get a, And then one day I fell and I, I um, fell in front of the mirror in the hallway and I saw myself and I started to cry for this woman that right. I had allowed myself. You were out of your body. I'm out of, yeah, out of my body. I bet Does you that can ever picture to that you? moment right yes, now. Yes, I can. I can picture being thrown on the hood of a car yeah. like it was an hour ago. Yeah, and, and running from him, carrying my shoes and running from him, running into backyards trying to get away from him because I was afraid for my life. Um, yeah, it's so out of body. You're like, oh, I'm not this woman. Who's this woman? Yeah. Why am I in yeah. It's heavy. It's heavy and it but it it needs to be discussed because it's yes. real. Yes. And I think that especially in the now that we're in the middle of this Me Too movement and this Time's Up movement, I think that these are the examples and these are the stories that we need to hear and and recognize see ourselves in these stories of what became normal to us. Um I have been in a relationship like that before where I got so lost in it um, that things like being pushed um, or things being told horrible things to my face became normal or became my fault yeah. somehow. And, and a lot of times we're like, oh, that wouldn't happen to a, a confident woman or that would never happen to you or that would never happen to someone like Oprah or Amy Schumer. And it does. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is it, like they're saying, they go on to speak about how out of body it is, how it's just this subtle, these subtle shifts. And then all of a sudden you get to somewhere that you didn't recognize. And he, and I like Amy's example of how, you know, she would fall down and it would be like an accident mm -hmm. and he would call it an accident and she would call it an accident in her own mind. But really he's the one who caused her to fall down. And let me say that I'm speaking to the women, but I'm also speaking to um, parents who are raising sons. Yes. Because these are the conversations we need to have with them. We talk about sexuality and we talk about consent and we talk about, you know, and sometimes we're very like, well, don't hit a woman. There's so much more in there. You know, and again, we we get into don't hit anybody. Like I know for people hearing, I, we had a, we did a show once about this and we had some people email us that says, teach your sons not to hit anybody, not just women. And absolutely. Yeah. But understand how societally pushing around a woman, there's some normalcy in it. I know. And I'm so far removed from it. Like I can't even, I know it happens all the time. Yeah. In our town, in Chicago, around the world. Yes. And I have a hard time even getting my arms around that because what this is, is 
toxic masculinity and it's these men who don't think that they're enough and they need to exercise their power over the person that I think that they're supposed to be loving and they hate themselves. Yes. And they, instead of dealing with their insides, they project it out to what is most likely a weaker physical person. Right. Um, And the person that they uh, believe and have been told should respect them. So one of the uh, things that came out at the the summit that I did this weekend is we were talking about the patriarchy. And I was talking about feminism and that I'm a feminist, but also reminding them that part of understanding our place in the world is also acknowledging what men have been forced Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. and how the patriarchy has hurt them just as much as it's hurt us because, and yes, maybe they are the ones who are doing the, you know, oftentimes making the wrong choices, Mm -hmm. but how did they get there and why? And um, one of the women... Uh, raised her hand while we were talking about it. And she actually, in Buena Vista, which is about 30 minutes from Salida, Colorado, there is a a prison and she works there. And she said, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. She's like, because I work with these men, you know, and know these men every day. And what they talk about is how they were never allowed to feel anything except anger. How if ever they showed any kind of emotion, they were called sallies, which was a new word for me. You said you knew what that meant. What does that mean, a sally? Girl, you're weak. Oh, like the name Sally. Yeah. Okay. Like I think in Australia, a Sally is a girl. Uh, I, I think I'm like honestly thinking back to my Crocodile Dundee viewing days. Okay. But he refers to girls as Sally's. Interesting. I think that's the derivative of it. But okay. I'm not sure. Well, and she just talked about thank you because, and then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden you kind of look around the room and light bulbs start to go on for people. They're like, oh, so really this patriarchy, men are at the mercy of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you recognize how on both sides um, we're, we're harming each other because we're harming ourselves. And I want to share a quote that I've shared on this show before, but I think that it's very powerful. I shared last week when we did the uh, podcast with Frank and Sean, I said this to them so they could get an idea of the way women think. And it's a Margaret Atwood quote. Um, you know, for those of you, she wrote The Handmaid's Tale. And the quote is, Men are afraid that women will laugh at them, and women are afraid that men will kill them. And I know that sounds so harsh, like, woo, like it kind of knocks the wind out of you, but it kind of helps you understand that oftentimes in this kind of situation, men, their their fear is about not being acknowledged for being the man that they are. So if you laugh at me, if you don't respect me, if you don't honor who I am, if you don't look at me in a certain way, then then I have no value. And therefore, that is my greatest fear. And a woman's greatest fear is kind of what Amy was saying, where you're running through a yard holding your shoes, thinking someone's about to kill you. Right. And I would say for the guys, settle into that fear of not being enough or being laughed at because the cost of being laughed at ain't that big of a deal versus the cost of being killed. So you're like, oh, what's, you know, like, what about the, you know, whenever the guys are like, what about the girls and they do this and they do that, that this is apples and oranges. These women, like maybe the collective consciousness yeah. of a woman, yeah. Um, regardless of what situation they're in, I think that there's something that happens like I could die. All the time. They're, right. And it's not like, when, that's extreme. It's not that I think to myself, I could die all the time. It's that I understand I am at risk the majority of the time. I, you know, last week I was just at an event and I had to drive somewhere and walk and it's dark and you're in Chicago and I have to be thoughtful about that. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll just use that word. Yeah. 
you know, when I am in a parking garage alone, I have to be thoughtful about that. When I am, you know, walking somewhere and getting in an elevator, I have to be thoughtful about that. Regardless of what neighborhood you're in. Correct. Absolutely. It could happen anywhere and anywhere and everywhere. And this is the point of this clip with Amy Schumer. This is the one she loves. Not only that, but she goes on to tell a story that the first time that they ever were intimate, and I don't know if there's children listening to this, so I'll just use different words. He chose to be intimate with her while she was asleep. Yes. Which is rape. Yes. And she didn't have the word for that. And she started in her own stand-up calling it grape, yeah. gray area rape. Yeah. You know, she wanted to like bring it up in a joking manner because mm-hmm. she didn't know how to talk about it. But he when she woke up, he had already been with her mm-hmm. and he was like, Oh, I thought you knew. I thought you knew. Yeah. He knew he hadn't done that he did something wrong. Yeah. And, you know, these are and and why did he do that? Maybe because he didn't want to deal with a rejection. Sure. Maybe because he felt like this should already be happening. Like, yeah. who knows? But the as as important as that part of the story is how did Amy respond to that? She made she felt bad that he felt bad. That is the most important that part of this. That is the most important part. And and I She felt bad for him. And she emotional labor. We our job is to care about how everybody's feeling Mm -hmm. and how many times as women have we been hurt by somebody and then we feel bad that they feel bad. And Todd, even between you and I, and again, you and I have done so much like emotional labor discussion over the last however many years that I can't even come up with an example, but there have been times that you have been wrong Mm -hmm. and I have been more worried about how you feel about being wrong than I do about feeling validated. And I'm more concerned about your feelings than I am about what I need. And why? Because I have been trained to think that way. Not only that, but I have this whole history as a woman, of making sure that that my world fits into your needs. Yeah, personal history and collective exactly. history. Exactly. And so when we grow, you know, this is why the women who are coming to see me in my office are in their 40s mm-hmm. saying, this isn't working for me anymore, or 35 or 32. Um, they're waking up and going, not men suck. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is I want to come into my full self. And I feel like my job is to help improve myself, but help the men that I am able to touch, whether it's through the men's group or me coaching them or whatever, because we were taught a lie. Yes. That's the bottom line is anger is not the only emotion that we're able to feel. We can express sadness and grief and joy, but the only one that the only bag of goods that we're sold is that we're only allowed to be angry. So you guys were sold a lie. Yep, and you and were we sold were a sold lie. a lie. And that doesn't mean that us guys have to fall into the spiral of shame because we look back at some of the things that we've done in our youth or yesterday and because that doesn't help either. It's where are you now? What are you doing to get this support? What are you doing to get this help? Whether it's from a buddy or listening to a podcast or reading a book or getting a coach or a therapist. Do something. Yeah. Dig in. Dig in to that unknown. And it's scary. I'm with you. I've gone into my shadow and I'm going to continue to go into my shadow when I feel like I'm in a safe place. And us guys can't do that. Look, watching TV, drinking beer. And here's the thing that you need to understand, men and women, when we do dig into our shadow, as Todd said, or embrace our full selves, we both benefit. This is not about men now have to take a complete backseat and everything we figure out now is all for the women. Right? No, this is for you too. Like men, you will, if you can if you can feel everything that you were meant to feel and if you can acknowledge you know what the truth is and that everybody belongs and that 
you belong and that partnership is important and that being emotional and connected is valuable, you will be better. Our lives will be more fulfilling. Exactly. It will be more fulfilled. We'll be more alive. It's lonely to only have anger as your vehicle of emotion. Exactly. It's not, it's not a healthy place. And as we talked about in the podcast last week, this isn't like, oh, just so you have a slightly better life. Men are dying because they're killing themselves in their 60s because they're lonely. And killing themselves literally, like taking and, their own and lives. And metaphorically. And, and, well, and even, um, didn't you tell me that, or didn't the research that we offered was that men are dying happens um, when we are significantly lonely. Yeah. It is is bad or worse than being obese or smoking. Yes. Because it's, a, it's yeah. as good of a predictor yes. of if you're going to get diabetes or yes. something like that, depending on if you smoke or if you're obese or if you are somebody who is not connected with other people. Correct. And so this, when Todd says dying literally, and also it's becoming a, a physical and spiritual <clears throat> condition yeah. that people are dying early yeah. because of it. So um, and we know this through research. You know, this is this is what we tried to share on last week's podcast. All right, so so next maybe one. maybe this is the last one. We'll see. We're kind of running out of time. Sweetie's got to go to yoga class. Okay. Uh, this is called loving yourself for who you are. So that was a lesson, and then the other lesson was um, was about loving myself and the package I've come in. I yeah, I I, I have had real battles with self esteem over the years. And, and when I, when I finally learned that, you know, you learn it over and over again mm-hmm. until I really finally learned it. I mean, I still have bad days, obviously, mm-hmm. when we I'm like do. hemorrhaging, but, uh, and I just let those days happen and know that tomorrow will be better. But, but when I learned that, that I will, fr- I am proud of how I'm living. I'm proud of mostly everything I do mm-hmm. and how I'm living my life. And the people I love love me, and they're close to me, and 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 I, I'm just going to create my own my own destiny, my own path. I think you were the one who said opportunity meeting preparation, yeah, yeah. right? And preparation I, meeting the moment of opportunity. Yeah, and and that's that, what luck is. That's it. That's why you. Good. Yeah. So I don't even know if there's much to add to that, except that. I personal experience, I'll share that, you know, as I've shared with you guys before on this show, there are times that I get headaches and I don't feel good. So when I do feel good, I have this acknowledgement of how my head feels clear, how my arms work, how my legs work, how I'm capable of going to and from places. Like, uh, you know, the story I told on the show a long time ago after I had the flu is I remember I had the flu and my girls were trying to come in and hang out with me and they showed me a Taylor Swift video and it was the, it was the song you like. Um, mean? Yeah, no, the new Taylor Swift off of um, her new album. Um, the one that with Ed Sheeran and the, um, it's. Sweetie, how's your brain doing these days? I'm doing great. No, I'm, I mean, we were joking yesterday. Oh. You said yesterday, because <laughs> our brains are getting mushy in yeah. our middle age, in yeah. our 40s. And you said that you used to be able to put three or four oh, yes. things in the vestibule of your brain, <laughs> yes. kind of just put it on hold and, and grab it in a minute right. after this person's done talking. Yeah. And... We can't do that anymore. Now I'll put them in the vestibule and then I'll go back to the vestibule and they're gone. It's empty. 
they have since left. So it's like we, Todd and I used to be able to like not just Todd and I, all of us. And why I brought this up is my girlfriend that I saw in Denver. She and I were having a conversation, and the exact same thing would happen. She'd be like, "Oh my god, I was going to tell you something." She's like, "My brain can't hold on to anything anymore." No. I'm like, "Neither can mine." Um, our two biggest. So go easy on your parents who are in their seventies or eighties, because their brain can't hold it anymore. <laughs> and, and what Todd and I are developing is a sense of empathy yeah. for ourselves and for people who are older who really do forget words because what I said- Or they'll walk into a room and they'll have no idea. Like your mom, bless your mom. She's like, sometimes I don't even, I walk into a room, no clue. I don't know why. God, that must be frustrating. My biggest pet peeve now about myself is that I used to, okay, first of all, as you guys know, I pride myself on pop culture stuff. Just comes easy to me. I just remember it. You know, it's got a place in my brain or used to. And now sometimes I'll say the wrong word or say the wrong lyric or call a band by the wrong name. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, if I would have done that in my 30s, I would have caught myself immediately. Like I would have heard the words and I would have been like, oh, that's not what I mean. I mean this. Well, now what happens is I'll say it and then my daughters will like correct me. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, no, mom, it wasn't him. It was him. And I'll be like, oh my God, I knew that, but I said it wrong and I didn't even hear myself say it wrong. So now I feel like one of those people who are saying wrong things. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the mom translator commercial, but I can't find it. <laughs> oh my God. And just the mom translator that Todd and I used to think that was our moms. And now it's us. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Geronimo. Joe Geronimo. Um, so while you're pulling that up and uh, tell me when you have it, it's it's there. I know. I've I pulled it up before. It. Um, it's a Saturday Night Live skit for those who don't know what we're talking about. But basically, um, and what was Amy talking about? How did I get down this path? Here we go. What was she talking about? I don't know. Come on. That was like five minutes ago, sweetie. I have no idea. Yes. She was talking about, oh, who she is and the package she comes in. There. That's what I was going to say. Yes, correct. Well, just that I was talking about my headache and I was talking about, um, and I was talking about the Taylor Swift video. Okay. I got it back. See, the vestibule is more full right now. (laughs) And I remember my girls were showing me the video and it was Taylor Swift flying around in planes and, you know, she was going from place to place and running. And I felt so sick that I was like, how do people do that? How do people go on a plane? How do people get up out of bed? Like, you know, and I feel that way sometimes when I'm overwhelmed or tired, we all do. Right. We're like, how do people do that? And when we can do it, to have an appreciation for that and to, we, I have a deeper appreciation for just the ability to live rather than how I look. Right. You know what I mean? Like the fact that I can, like Todd said, get up after the show and go to yoga, that is a gift yeah. that not everybody has. And I've had times in my life where I couldn't do that. Are you going to play something good? You ready? Yes. Hey, Mom. Hey, Ben. Guess who got arrested? Who? Kevin Summerland. <laughs> who? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Calvin Sonogram. <laughs> oh, do you mean Kiefer Sutherland? <laughs> yes, that's oh. it. Moms, they love us and they take care of us. But one thing they can't do is remember celebrities' names. Now you don't have to waste hours a day trying to decipher which celebrity your mother is referring to with the new Mom Celebrity Translator. Simply enter the name as pronounced by your mother. Kite Carbonoff. Then enter whatever vague information your mother knows about this person. She's on TV and she's crazy. And seconds later, you'll have the translation. Oh, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, she's crazy. Think is cuter, Rabbi Ronaldo or Champ Crawdaddy? <laughs> oh, you mean Ryan Reynolds or Chase Crawford? Yeah, neither. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Who? It even works backwards. 
Sorry, Joe Geronimo. <laughs> I love Joe Geronimo. He was so good in Breakdance Fountain. And the mom celebrity translator <laughs> even comes with audio playback so moms can hear the right pronunciation. Keith Ragu. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Oh. That's what I said. The mom celebrity trans. Did you so hear? Weird. She's like, that's what I said. <laughs> so I'm in the world of saying something like broke. What did she even break say? Breakdance Mountain. Breakdance Mountain. I would say, I'd be like, well, Breakdance Mountain. And then the girls would be like, you mean Brokeback Mountain. I'll oh, be like, and it's I just, didn't even hear myself. It's like we just offended our kids. Like we just spit on their heads. Because that's how I used. I feel like someone was spitting on my head until I was in my 30s. Like when people would say the wrong name, it would be so annoying to me. Like it was almost like a, it was an arrogance. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, get your pop culture references right and now here i am here like, you are here i am saying the wrong words even though i would never not know jake gyllenhaal's name no because that's one of your guys that's my guy here we are face to face a couple, couple of silver, silver spoons. spoons that was a great show was it jason though? bateman i know jason bateman was in rick it rick schroeder yes rick don't, don't call me ricky I don't know if he ever went that. Did he that did campaign. when he did NYPD Blue? He was like he was I'm really Rick good Schroeder. in NYD. He was NYPD Blue. Showed his uh, showed he got naked in that show. Oh, did he? Did, Saw his butt or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and that's when they were doing the ABC was showing the partial nudity thing. I know. Can't believe they got away with that. Stephen Botchko. Yeah, isn't that his he name? He just died. No way. Yeah. When? Uh, I don't know. There's an NPR podcast on all the because he did Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blue and Cop Rock and Cop Rock. <laughs> Which is a show that he pitched to the network, and because he was so hot, they said, "Yeah, whatever you want to do." And it was like a musical cop show. It was horrible, and it was really bad. It's embarrassing. You guys should go look at YouTube clips of Cop Rock. It's it's hard to watch. It's like painful. It is. And I'm someone who like I love musicals. Put music to anything, and mm. I'm pretty content. Not with Cap Rock. Um, so a few things to close the show. Uh, one is uh, Team Zen. Uh, go uh, upon checkout. Uh, Type in the word May, M-A-Y, and you'll get uh, the two free Zen Talks and access to the Facebook community. So for those of you who are like, I don't know what Team Zen is, just go in and join and for free for a month and see what you think. Yeah. If it's not something you'd have time for, totally cool. Yeah. Like that's the thing about our subscription service is you, can, you don't have to stay with it. Correct. Um, we just want to have people who really want can opt out at any time. Yeah. And then uh, two good friends, uh, Jason and Cecilia, they do something called the Happily Family Conference. Uh -huh. And I told Jason, because he's a good friend, that I would promote it. Uh, it's an online conference and it's free. So all you got to do is go to Happily Conference. Or no, I'm sorry, happilyfamily.com. And they have really amazing people on this conference. Dr. Dan Siegel, Laura Markham, Mark Berlin, Jessica Leahy, who I just saw speak a little while ago. Um, and then, um, we've done that a few times. Yeah. We've been conference. on that. They've asked mm -hmm. us to be on it, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool. And we have two amazing iTunes reviews for those of you who like to give reviews. We would certainly appreciate it. We got something from Anna from North, uh, from Canada. She says, I enjoy listening to Todd and Kathy talk about a range of topics relating it back to parenting. I always get insights and information each and every episode. Thanks for the great podcast. Thank you, Anna. And then we also got one from mindful eating moms from the USA. She says that we're laid back format hosts, among other things. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's the deal. Is there anything else yes, I'm missing? Yes, I want to give a book uh, shout out um, for those of you who you may know who Janine Roth is. She wrote Woman, uh, Women, Food, and God. Mm -hmm. If you haven't read Women, Food, and God, I highly recommend it. I wanted to get more into this during this podcast because it was about uh, you know, some of this is about body image and mm. about how we feel about ourselves. Um, so I highly recommend that book. But she also just wrote another book called This Messy, Magnificent Life. 
And what I love about this book, I finished it on my trip this weekend, um, is she brings together basically everything she's written about, which is, you know, our issues with food, our issues with self-esteem. She also had a her, she, all of her money she had with Bernie Madoff. Yeah. And so she lost all of her money, yeah. too. Um, and her experience with that kind of financial, yeah. um, you know, with wealth and when she didn't have it is when she was her happiest, ironically. So... I recommend this book by Janine Roth. Um, and again, maybe we'll talk about it on a show, but it's really, if you look at how many pages I folded. A lot of dog ears. A lot of dog ears. Is that what they call them, dog ears? I don't know, but there's a lot. Um, and a quick update. Yes. Um, Eric Trees, I told a story about Eric um, uh, challenging that softball coach. Um, about? He said, the softball um, commissioner said, girls aren't as strong as boys. Oh, and he said. And he said, are you sure about that? <laughs> and then the guy said, yes. And then he's like, if I were you, I'd figure out another way of saying what it is that you're trying to say. The commissioner um, has had to apologize to the teenage girls at the clinic doing the demonstrations, apologize to the female coaches, and he had to apologize to somebody else. Oh, and he had to make a statement to the league board. Well, you know what? I honor him. So do I. Because that's not easy. No, it's not. And I just wonder if he did it begrudgingly or if he actually saw himself a little bit. Well, let's assume he saw himself All because right. that's a better, that that is, it's hard to mm. apologize and it's hard. It can be difficult to see things differently mm -hmm. because he may have been told that his whole life. Yep. And for his, and I honored Eric for standing up so and saying I. that is not truth, yep. what you're sharing. It's not good to perpetuate that belief. And then for that man saying, oh, I see this differently and I'm going to take responsibility. Um, two last shout outs. Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald headed beauty. He certainly is. He's a good friend and he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to Avid Company or avidcode.net. And then lastly, two shout outs for me. I have a tribe men's group. We do it in Elmhurst and Wilmette. We have two meetings coming up in May. And then I coach guys who I help them with work-life balance among many other things. So if there's any guys out there, we could do it virtually or in person. It's up to you. Do you want to promote Promote any of your business? Actually, May is uh, I'm, May is a uh, sex ed month, so oh. everything I'm doing is in the schools. Sweet. I'm going around and doing sex ed talks, so I don't really have a lot of public events. Okay, I was just thinking about your uh, clients, your office clients. Oh yeah, it, actually, that is something this summer, but this is only in person, so it's only Chicagoland people. But I do um, when I'm I don't teach at the universities in the summer, so I have some open space for sessions. How would they look to see? Uh, you can go to Zen Parenting Radio. Uh, okay. um, you can email me at um, Kathy at ZenParentingRadio.com. Uh, just get in contact with us and I will send you my schedule. All right. That sounds great. Hey, I had a fun time today, sweetie. I did too. And I'm thank you uh, for the movie date yesterday. Yep. Um, I think movie dates are great. I love movies. And then to Amy Schumer and to Oprah, who may probably never hear this. Oh, but they're both listening, Thank sweetie. you for that conversation because I found it very inspiring and very honest. And I was so glad my 15 year old daughter could hear it. Yes. Thank you. Um, and thanks to all you listeners. We would not be able to do this without you. So thank you for all that. Keep trucking. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, we have a book club, and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. 
Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support, and keep on trucking.